Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Derek Brinkley Podcast, Episode 3. I think we're going to start today's episode off with my top 10 favorite games of the decade. Now this top 10 list is going to be in no particular order, so I just want to throw that out, out there right now. That doesn't mean, you know, a certain game is better than the other, it's just... I like to do when I do a top, top 10, it doesn't mean, no, one game is worse than the other game, like I said. So, I'm going to start the list off with number one. It's a more recent game that I don't know if a lot of you played yet, but I know a good chunk of people have. And so, number one is going to be Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The story... For uh, the Star Wars game. Was amazing from beginning to end. It is the Star Wars single player game. That we have been wanting. Like for years. It's what the Battlefield games should have been. I mean the Battlefront games. That's what they should have been. Now I know with the Battlefront 2. They tried. To do a single player. It just didn't work. I mean, I'm just going off what other people have said. I never played Battlefront 2. But the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, there is so much rich story. Uh, I like the, the time place that it takes frame in. And the characters are interesting. And it had a perfect ending that it, that it could have went for. Now, I'm not going to say what the ending was because I don't want to rule it ruin it for people that have not played the game. But if I had to grade the game alone I would give it at least a nine out of ten. I wanna give it a ten out of ten. It has some few technical issues. Well, actually no scratch that I am gonna give it a ten out of ten. It was that much of an amazing of a game. So, it's a game I would recommend if you are a Star Wars fan to go pick up the game and play it if you haven't because it's that good of a game. Now, you do got to keep in mind that if you're more of a person that wants a game that has, it's kind of like never ending, then it probably won't be your game because it's a linear game. Meaning, you know, once you beat it, there's not much for you to do unless you're like a trophy completionist. So, you got to keep that in mind. But moving on to number two. It was a horror game that gave you the choice of how the story, you know, ended up. And there was like three, three or four endings to the game. So number two will be Until Dawn. Until Dawn had a good story to it. it. I was, it was another game that kept me invested from beginning to end. Um, I can't go through all the endings. I never did get all of them, but I did get the ending where if you killed everybody off, I did get that ending. But I like the fact that it gave you the choice on 
how you want to play the game. And games like that, to me, are one of the biggest differences. Uh, so I like having the control. You know, it, it's alright when you don't, but certain games that works for, and Until Dawn is just one of those games. So number three is Beyond Two Souls. Pretty much for the same reasons why I like I liked Until Dawn. You can basically say for Beyond Two Souls. It follows this girl and her like uh, childhood uh, imagination friend, and uh, but it goes beyond a lot more than that. So. If you haven't played the game, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm pretty sure at this point, everybody probably has played Beyond Two Souls. Because the game came out, I, I want to say, 2014. So it came out several years ago. Uh, it could have even came out sooner than that. But it's another game that has multiple endings to it. And you can... Play the game how you want to play, and you can go back through each of the walkthroughs. I will say this: that will be a running theme throughout the, this uh, top ten. So number four is Detroit Become Human. It is another game that has multiple endings to it. I liked what they did with the androids in the game. Uh, how this uh, android was trying to protect this little girl throughout the story. You know, the acting in it, the voice acting in it is really good. I thought all the characters were inter interesting. And the... In, in, it's one of those games that teleports you into the world. It makes you feel like you're there. You know, all your choices matter now some games that you play like this it doesn't work out as well but for this game it all blends in very well now if you're not into these games with multiple endings where you have to go back through it you know three four times to get all the endings then it's probably not a game for you but it's a it's a fun little game. You can probably spend anywhere from, from like 15 to 18 hours playing it. It's that long, you know. And yet you got, you know, side collectibles, you know. There's little side things that you can you can explore. So that's an interesting uh, point about it. But at number five, which is probably one of the best games, and this is no exaggeration, it, to me, it's one of the best games, probably, of the decade, if not the second, and that is The Walking Dead Season 1. The Walking Dead Season 1 was beautifully uh, uh, told, the characters uh, was interesting, the main character, Lee, you felt his struggles throughout the game. And his connection to the girl named Clementine. 
that he finds in some house after the uh, outbreak. And it's just a beautiful told story. It's not one of these games that if you're going in for like the visual graphics, it's not the most appealing. More of like a cartoonish. So you got to take that into account. But just from like the storytelling, the way the game plays, the way the choices are set up. Because again, it's one of those games where your choices affect what kind of ending you're going to get. But the difference with that is that a certain thing will happen at the end regardless. But your choices from season one will affect how you play season two. Three and the final, the walk in the final season, so it it's a series that I would I would play. Uh, the studio that made it, uh, Telltale's, is no longer around. They shut down, unfortunately. Um, they put they made another uh, good game, which was the Batman game, but that game that game had a lot of problems. And I was hoping to get number two of that, but since they closed down, that's Looking highly unlikely. And number six. Number six is a game that I just recently played. So I don't know. In maybe like a year or two. If I had to do a top ten list. It, would it still be on there? Because I was torn between putting this on the list. And a game like Kingdom Hearts. Which is a really good game. But I went ahead and put Vampire on there. Vampire is... The time period that it takes place in, I want to say around World War One, Around the Spanish flu epidemic. And it, it can be a little bit... Boring in some parts. I, don't, I, I mean, I know boring is not the right word. Because it had an interesting story for me to begin to end. The combat system can get very boring real fast. And that's the one aspect of the game that I have to say is a downfall of it. Because it's not that hard to learn the combat system and Vampire. And after you spend probably two, three hours playing it, you might get, find yourself easily get bored with the combat system. So I think, since it's a relatively new game that I played, I would have to give this one a 6 out of 10. And that's only because of the combat system. Now, I wasn't... I didn't own the actual game. I played this off the PlayStation Now. Because I had a 7-day seven, seven free trial. So that's why I played that off. And it was it was a fun little game. And so. Number 7. Is perhaps. One of the third best games. Of this decade. And that is Life is Strange. Season 1. Life is Strange had to interesting build up from like episode 1 to episode 5 
it shifted a lot. So you gotta be used to that. But you play as this girl named Max who ends up getting these like supernatural like powers where she can go back in time and change things. And you know, of course, the decisions you make will cause like a butterfly like effect. Just like, you know, you would seen in the uh, Butterfly Effect movie. It's kind of along that same uh, concept. But it was done in such a good way. I've never played Season 2. So I don't know how that one's like. I've seen a few videos on the second season. But I've played the uh, prequel to Life is Strange before the storm uh, with the other main girl, Chloe. It was It was a good game. I'm not going to say it was good as season one of Life is Strange. But it was interesting to get more backstory that you didn't get in the first season. Because the second, the second season has nothing to do with uh, the characters from the first one. It's a whole, you know, whole new characters and everything. Which, you know, which is fine. But... You gotta take the good with the bad. So on to number eight. This was another hard decision when I was coming up with this list. And I will have to say number eight is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Assassin's Creed Odyssey was a game that I put hours and hours into. Because there's so much customization options from your weapons to your armor you know to different side missions building up your ship you know and then the different endings that you can get and then they had like I think two DLCs for the game two massive DLCs so that added a lot more content to the game and so you can you can literally spend with all the DLCs and everything spend 60 70 80 hours on the game alone cuz the side and the, let's talk about the side missions in there is a crap ton of side quests in the game for you to do you can spend hours upon hours just playing these side missions and this is a completely open world game Meaning, as soon as the game starts, you can, you can, if you want to, you can go to any place that you want. Especially after you get your ship. So if you, after you get a ship, if you want to go to a faraway land and just fight some hard, hard ass monsters, then you can do that to gain experience. But I will say... I did play the game for a little bit without the XP booster. And you can tell a pretty big difference from the leveling up in it. The XP without it can take you quite a while to level up. But if you have the XP booster, it speeds that up a lot faster. Because if you're one of those people that want to stay pretty close to the recommend level of the next story mission... Then the XP booster is the way to go. Because you can find yourself quickly 
uh, under level for some of the story missions because they jump mm, like three or four, you know, levels above you. So that can be quite difficult. And another thing I would probably recommend is the Drachme Booster, which gives you more Drachme, with, you know, for money to upgrade your armors, your weapons, you know, your ship. Because all that takes money, a lot of money, to upgrade your stuff. But your weapons only go up, I think it's like every five or six levels. So you don't want to just continually upgrade one weapon. You wait like, you know, five or six levels and then you upgrade to get the, you know, the effectiveness of each upgrade. So that's what was good with it. And overall, it was it was a really great game. It's a game I could probably go back to right now and start the game over again because the game does have a new game plus that once you beat it. So if you want to just play through the story on like easy mode and just breeze right through it, I mean some areas are still going to be hard, but and then. You know, start a new game plus and bump up the difficulty, and that's what you can do. So that's the cool thing about it. So number nine. Number nine on the list is GTA set five. Sorry, I'm at five. I don't know what I'm thinking. GTA six hasn't even released yet. But GTA five, and this is just for the online portion of it, because I played... Maybe 25 minutes. I want to say 25 or 26 minutes of the story mode. And I just didn't care to play it because I had already been playing online with my friends. So I really had no interest in playing the story mode portion of it. And so from that aspect, I can't really comment on that. Um... But the online was fun, you know, spending uh, four or five hours, you know, a day or every other day do, doing some of the heist, you know, in the game to earn money, you know, you know, buying different cars, you know, bikes, you know, your garages, your, you know, your helicopters and all that. You see, when I had started playing at that time, they had like double... You know, like double money. So, so within like a a week or two, I had pretty much everything in the game that you get to a point. I I had my CEO buildings. I had uh, I had my little operations. You know, going in the game. I, I had a yacht. I had pretty much all the buildings that you can get. So it it was fun to do that. It's like some of those games, you know, once you get all that, you can get a little burnt out on it. So, but it's one of those games that you don't have to spend hours and hours on to get everything. If you are one of those people that want to play the game and just earn everything that way, then you can do that. But if you want to go to the PlayStation Store, you know, or Xbox Store, whatever you're playing, and you want to 
buy some uh, shark cards for money that gives you like two, three, four million pop, then you can do it. You can do that. And then try to buy everything because you, you also got your MC businesses that you have to, you know, start up too that helps you make money. But I like to do that when I'm doing that stuff, the MC stuff. I like to have at least one other person with me. In this case, somebody starts messing with you. They don't destroy your shipments and ruin your your, your money. So, and, so, yeah, I think GTA 5 has to be number 9 on my list because it was such a fun game. And that brings us to number 10. Number 10 is perhaps one of the best PlayStation exclusives. Out of the entire year. And I'm sure you guys know what game that is. And that is Spider-Man. Oh my gosh, man. Spider-Man, the graphics, the buildings, it all looked beautiful, man. At times, it can feel like you, you, was, you was watching a movie. The story for Spider-Man was so well done. And the acting, the voice acting in it was amazing. You know, you know, swinging around New York City as Spider-Man felt like a adrenaline rush. It felt good to do that. So, and there is quite a bit of side missions you can do. And all the little costumes that you can unlock. Uh, little challenges for you to you to you complete, and uh, there's also like two DLCs for it, two or three DLCs to add more story content to it. Um, so with all that too, you you're you're looking at least nine ten hours, depending on how good you are. Possibly even longer. So that was the fun aspect of the game. Um. Because there's a lot of talk, you know, over the last year or two, that nobody will buy or play single-player games anymore. And time and time again, that statement is proven to be wrong. People also love single-player action games that are just fun to play. You don't have to worry about no monetizations and, you know, expensive DLCs. I mean... I think the DLCs for the game, they're reasonably priced. Uh, of course, they did, you know, the whole Spider-Man bundle for the PS4 on Black Friday, I think it was last year. So, that came with the system. So, you know, with with all that, I think it was a really great game. I had fun playing it. So, there you guys have it. That is my top 10 games of the 2010s. It is amazing and sad to see that we have already went through another decade. The 2010s seems like yesterday we was just in the year 2010. And now here we are at the tail end of 2019. It has been a wild ride. A, a wild decade to say the least. It had its ups and downs, you know, its highs and lows. 
But this, this was every decade, you know. And every year, you may have your highs your, your, and your lows. But next year, we start a whole new, new decade. And there is a shit ton of games that are coming out, you know, within just the next several years. For the, you know, not just for the PlayStation 4, but for the PlayStation 5, you know, the Xbox, Scarlet, you know, the Switch. In general, there's a lot of great games coming out. And see, that's another another game that I thought about putting on the top 10 list uh, was Zelda Breath of the Wild, which was an amazing game. game that made me want to rage at times and quit, but that game was amazing. I had so much fun. I'm a big Zelda fan. One of my favorite games of all time besides Final Fantasy VII would have to be Zelda Ocarina of Time. And Breath of the Wild gave me that old, you know, Zelda nostalgia feel. It felt great playing it. You know, from the beginning, the middle to the end. It was fun. I uh, had to have that much fun playing the Zelda game in years, but they finally delivered a great ass Zelda game. So, and I think it's perhaps the second greatest Zelda game to ever be made. Now, I don't think it outtopped Ocarina of Time because, you know, some people say it did, but in my opinion, there will be no Zelda game that can outtop, uh, Ocarina of Time, I played some of the other ones, like Majora's Mask, and those games, just, that game just was not fun at all. I could have, if that game would have never existed, I would have been fine. You know, and then, also next year, we got Final Fantasy VII Remake. So, that's going to be fun, that's one of my most anticipated games of the year next year. Is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because this is my favorite game of all time. Like I said earlier. Um, now if you have never played Final Fantasy VII. Back when it came out on the Playstation 1. All the way back in 97. That game was fun. I would recommend. I would. I would recommend. Probably go buying the Playstation 1 version. Just because we are just a few months away from Final Fantasy Remake coming out. But it's not going to be the whole complete story yet. It's just going to be, it's going to be delivered different chunks. So, I, for that aspect, you could be on two different sides. Or you know, whether you want to wait till all of them are out. Or, you know, just play as it goes. Because the one for the PlayStation 1 version, to have, you know, compared up to today's standards, does not hold up that well. And it's one of my favorites. It just, graphically, it does not hold up. But back then, that game was the shit. But, today, but by today's standards... Is one of the worst looking Final Fantasy games. Uh, but. If you want the full game. The full story. 
to be able to play at any time you want, then I would say go for the original. But if you're not a fan of the turn-based system, then it might not be for you. Um, but then we got Cyberpunk coming out in April. That game looks amazing, too. That game looks fun. I heard Keanu Reeves had a blast felt, uh, making the game, help making the game. That he asked to come back and do some more extra work for it. Super talented actor. Can't wait to see him in the game. What kind of role he has in the game. Because, you know, what you see in the trailers could be only like a snippet of what you actually see. So, so that's going to be an interesting fact going forward. Um, but Cyberpunk's looking and shaping up to be a, a really great game next year. And, you know, The Last of Us 2 is coming out. That game was perhaps one of the best games of the decade, too. And that's the game I, I didn't even really think about until just now. My gosh, The Last of Us 1 was a beautiful story. Beautiful story, man. It is a game that I recommend you check out. If you can get a used copy of the game. From your local GameStop, Walmart, wherever you can find it at. Whether you want to get it used or new. I would definitely check that game out. Especially since Last of Us 2 is coming out next year. Um, I think that's all of them that is really coming out next year. There's probably others that I'm missing and I'm not thinking of at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be it for the gaming coverage, because we've been talking about gaming for, you know, half the show, but I wanted to get this out there before the end of the year. Um, talk, let's talk a little bit about some football. I watched the Bears and Cowboys game yesterday. And by all rights, I'm like I said in my other episodes, I'm a big Bears fan. But the Cowboys, with the team that they had, and the roster that they had assembled, with one of the best, probably running backs in the game today, in Ezekiel Elliott, they should have, they should have beaten us. They have a great quarterback, a Dink Prescott. They. They should have rolled into uh, Soldier's Field and, and just tore us apart. But we went up and scored 24 unanswered points on them. And there is a problem with the Cowboys roster that they are not addressing. And they're doing a disservice to their fans and a disservice to the players that they didn't get rid of Jason Garrett before this season started because that's what they should have did. He is no disrespect towards him. No disrespect at all. But he has been with the Cowboys organization for nine years. Nine years. So, 
he started as a Cowboys head coach in I think early in this decade. And he's only taken them to two playoff wins within almost ten years and zero conference championships and no Super Bowl appearances. If you can only manage out of your nine years to take your team to two playoff wins, then that's not good. There is something wrong. And he should have been, they should have got rid of him years ago. Probably last year when they had the chance. Now, I mean, they could fire him in the middle of the season. But, yeah, I think that's what they should probably still do. But I think at this point, it's not going to really matter all that much. Because, again, they, they got, the Cowboys got like three games left. What are they really going to do with three games left? Now, the Eagles, who have been playing terrible this season, could take their spot, their number one spot, if the Cowboys lose the next game or two and the Eagles can win the next game or two then the Eagles could potentially take the number one spot in their, in their uh, division. But that means the Cowboys would have to play like crap for at least another two weeks. You know, I hope that they can turn it around for the final three games. But at this point, anything is possible. They may not. And you know, as far as my Bears team, they are on the outside looking in for the playoffs. They have to win at least the next four games in a row. They've won like, you know, I think they won, I think with this win, they give us like our fourth win in a row. So we will still need to win at least another four games to try to get us there. I don't know if the Bears have four games left. They may only have three, but that means we would have to win at least our next three. I don't know if we're going to do that. That'd be nice. But then you, you you always have your favorite team, you know, the, the 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 team that you can't count out. And you can never count Tom Brady and the Patriots. Just when you say that the Patriots won't make the Super Bowl, is when they will make the Super Bowl and make you regret every second of it. But I think, like I said in my last episode, that I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to take it. And that and said... I bet you that Baltimore Ravens could take it next year, too. Unless some serious team can come up and stop them. But I don't know if any team can. Especially this season. Maybe next season they might have a harder time doing it. But. The. Thing is that like the division that the Cowboys play in. It's not that great. They play in the same division as the Eagles, the Redskins, and the Giants. And the Giants are doing, are playing like ass. And they said earlier on first take that, um, well, I don't know if it was today. It might have been a day or two ago. So I might be a little late to the uh, party on this. He was talking about Eli Manning, whether he is a Hall of Fame player. And I'm just going to, I'm going to state my opinions. 
I know he's won two Super Bowls, but I do I would not consider Eli Manning a Hall of Fame worthy quarterback. Just right now, there is better quarterbacks. You know, I know you know you can throw up some statistics that says that he was the number one ranked quarterback. You know this, but you could be the number one ranked in anything. But if you're not winning games, especially when it matters in in the playoffs and doing Super Bowls, look, you may consider Eli Manning the greatest of all time. But I, I would say he's not. I would say right now the greatest quarterback of all time is Tom Brady. Eli Manning may have two rings and two championships, but Tom Brady has six. Six championships and six rings. He is playing for a seventh. He's made it his mission to get that elusive seven. And I, I mean, he could get it this year, or he could get it next year, or he may... He may never get it. But Tom Brady has already done what no quarterback has ever done. Except for like one. Other. But not very few have done it. Um, and the whole thing of comparing athletes to other athletes. You know. You, we shouldn't start that conversation until an until an athlete's career is over. It's just like people, you know, bring up all, all the time, now who's the better basketball player? Is it LeBron or is it Michael? I don't think we should even talk about LeBron being in the same, being the greatest of all time conversation until LeBron James says he's retiring and he's not playing anymore. Until then... I don't think it's fair. Because one, these two guys played in two different eras. You take Michael Jordan, you probably put him in today's era with all the rules. Michael Jordan probably would be the same. But if you take LeBron and you put him back in MJ's era, I think Michael has him. I know LeBron James is a big dude. He is. He's freakishly big. But back then, in the 90s, in late 80s, totally different rules. With hand checking, it was the game of basketball was a little bit more physical, physical than it is now. So, as much as I, I don't want to say it, with, especially with the way the Lakers are playing right now, you know, they're like 19 and 30. I'm going to take a saying that Stephen A. Smith likes to say. And I think for the Los Angeles Lakers, what can go wrong will go wrong. It only takes one devastating game to undo all your success and your momentum. That, you know, that just takes a hit on your confidence. That doesn't allow you to reach your, you know, your full potential as far as the season goes. And these going to have a little bit easier time this year because they have some better players. Nate LeBron actually has help on his roster. 
you know, unlike last year. Uh, you know, Golden State's out of the picture. Golden State's not playing well this year. But did anybody really expect Golden State to? They don't have Kevin Durant anymore. And I, I'm one of these guys that I think Golden State would be perfectly fine without Kevin Durant. The Golden State Warriors didn't, don't need Kevin Durant to win a championship. I think one reason why the Golden State Warriors are doing so bad is because Steph Curry don't have Klay Thompson. You can't have the Splash Bros with just one. With one. It takes two of them. Stephen Curry has to carry the load by himself. I know he has Demar Green there, and to get you know to carry some load, but you can't compare those two. You can't compare uh, Demar Green to Klay uh, Thompson. You just can't do it because it just it just won't work. Klay Thompson helped a lot with the scoring load. So when you take out one splash bro, and there's only one left, they're going to have to carry everything. So they're not going to be able to carry this team through an 82-game season. And as great as Stephen Curry is, he can shoot all the threes at once. But when you're down to basically one star player on your team, then, you know, it's going to be hard. But, and I think that's one reason why the Brooklyn Nets aren't playing that great. The only star player that they, like, truly star player that they have on the Brooklyn Nets is Kyrie Irving. And, he don't have his superstar partner, Kevin Durant, there, because Kevin Durant is out for the season. So, that right there is a huge blow to them. But, they knew that going in. They knew that this season, this season that we're in right now, that they may not make the playoffs. And if they do, they know that they may not win a championship this season. And I think they're prepared for that. Because they're biting their time until KD comes back. And he, you know, and with, with his injury, he may not be fully back for half the season or for the entire season. It may take him a full year to really get the, you know, uh, leg going. Same with Clay. When if Clay comes back next season, Clay Thompson may not be the same, not for a whole year. I've heard reports that have said that with his injury, sometimes it could take up to a year for you to get, you know, back in your your rhythm. So that is going to be a problem. That could be a problem. I'm not saying that it is going definitely going to because it, it may not be. But I want to end the show on this. And I'm going to end it with the movie that I'm going to go see in just a few weeks. And that is Star Wars Rise, Rise of the Skywalker. Episode 9. Which I am stoked for. I can't wait to see how this saga ends. It's going to be a it's going to be an absolute great time going to the movies. It's always a great time when you go to the movies. Movie popcorn is one of the best popcorns you can get. Um, 
I want. I can't wait to see how the Emperor comes back. So that's going to be cool. You know, I've heard some. You know, not not a lot that you know. Anakin or Darth Vader could make an appearance. I don't see it. I think in. Think the emperor will be in it? We already know the emperor is going to be in it, but how how much he's going to be in it, we don't know. I do think that whether we get five minutes or we get fifty minutes on, I think by the end of the movie we'll know what kind of purpose he served. And do I think that they're going to kill off? You know, any of, like, the three big characters know. So, I think the ending of it is going to end on a happy note to end the saga. They'll defeat the Emperor. Uh, whether Kylo survives or not, we'll have to wait and see. So, that's going to be interesting. But, that is going to do it for Episode 3 of the Derek Brinkley Podcast. I can't wait to talk to you guys again. I will see you guys next week. Later. Bye.